It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. Good evening. Today is a very special day for Count Time for Smart Brother Media, and we have arrived at a place that didn't even see it coming. When we started this journey last year, we, I was just hoping to make it to five podcasts. But today is our 50th podcast. And that is a wonderful accomplishment for me, for Smart Brother Media, for Count Time. And we trust and hope that we can make it to 50 more. But most of all, we'd like to thank our wonderful audience out there who've been very supportive, very encouraging. Many calls, many texts, many emails from others saying, LD, I thought last week was the best podcast you ever did, but this week was even better. They say, ask me, how do you continue to bring on these wonderful stories, these wonderful shows? And it's easy because as we know, our story have not been told. So we are seeking those who are interested in sharing their story, their life, their history with Count Time. And Count Time is looking forward to another 50 more podcasts and hopefully beyond that. And it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be either. Because when it's something you enjoy doing, something you enjoy being a part of, you're going to give it your all. And it's, that's the way it was when I played sports. That's the way it is when I'm in my life every day. You want to give it your all. This is a special month. We all know is what we call Black History Month. So it is history for count time for us to be at the milestone of 50 podcasts. And to some of y'all say, well, that ain't that many to me. It's a whole lot. Now, I never thought I would get to 50. And after you hit a podcast and you give us some of your feedback, tell us, let us know what you think about Count Time Podcast, how it impact you. Uh, you give us some comments on what you think, what you'd like to hear in the future, some, uh, what can make Count Time even, uh, even better. So please go and share and uh, encourage us by making some comments. And trust me, today's podcast give you a story about what happened over 50 years ago in the great state of Mississippi. But you got to hear this story from Miss Dolores Shealy, who's going to be starting the show out today. And we got it from Miss Shealy's sister, Miss Ruthie Millsap. So please join us today as you listen to this podcast and enjoy. And once again, I'd like to thank my wonderful listening audience. So thank you for joining us and thank you for being part of Count Time. Today we have a really, truly, she's been a friend, a mother. <laughs> she's been a confidant. She's been, she been someone I've been knowing for a long time. Miss Dolores Yvonne Stewart Shealy. Yes. That's a long name. And you come a long ways. Welcome to Count Time, Miss Shealy. Welcome. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. We're having a great here. time today, aren't we? Yes, we are. I hope okay. so. Okay, because I, I, you know, I ran across you. I ain't gonna say You and I met many years ago because of your son, Sammy Howard Shealy Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's Umar. Umar Bay. Umar Bay. Yeah. Yeah. We we gonna call. <laughs> we gonna, we gonna respect our brother. Say brother Umar Bay, and your dear daughter, who I knew was Veronica. Yeah, Veronica Sheila, he was a truly good friend of mine. Haven't seen you in a long time, Veronica, so hope we see you before we all pass over one day. Yeah, should be here. 
But this young lady is truly a living legend. She has a great story. She has a story that most people have never heard about. And it's something that took place in, a, in her town where she grew up at. Where are you from? Uh, Biloxi. Biloxi, Biloxi, Mississippi. Biloxi, Mississippi, yeah. And tell us, tell us about your growing up in Biloxi, Mississippi. What was it like back then in, in 19, what it was, 39, 40? 
25 cents an hour. 25 cents an hour. Yeah, I still have my check stuff. I got everyone in my check stuff. You see the check stuff? I got every wow. check stuff I ever got in my life. I got every check stuff. <laughs> you talking about me? I got all my check stuff. 50 cents an hour, 75 cents an hour for the government. I work for the federal government. 75 cents an hour. What you did with the federal government? I worked at, at Keyser Air Force Base and uh, different bases I worked there. So I was a recreation director. For 19 years, I worked for the government. And I worked at Keyser Air Force Base. I worked in, uh, we went, we, well, we traveled. You know, I went to Santa Ana, California, Puerto Rico, California, I went to Arizona. We traveled with my husband the whole 20. I got, well, I got married in 60. Okay, now, now, now hold on. Now. Let's go back to something about, for you said, they need to know about your, your mom or your grandma. What's your mom's name was again? Nellie Mae. What they call what was a nickname? Shotgun Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> they call your mom. They call your mama. Shotgun Nelly. Why they call you Shotgun Nelly? Because she always had a shotgun. She always shoot. She had the shotgun. She always had a shotgun. But you know, back in those days, so let me tell you, back in those days, my my family up here now don't understand the search of my mom being being a shotgun Nelly. I mean Nelly. You know, they think that she was a violent type lady. But back in those days. If you didn't have a gun, uh, you know, all of them, like I said, the men were gone. If just the women had to take care of the family, you know, family. So if if the white man wanted to be with me, or uh, my sister or something, my brother would have to go get me and bring me to him. He would rape me and bring me back to the house. Or they would always rape the black women or they'd beat the black men, the black boys. And my mother, by being shotgun, feared them off from us. And if my mother had not been a shotgun as she was, we would have been raped or killed by now. I think mean, we would never live to see where we are now, I think. Because there was a lot of times they would come to the house, come in the yard. And my mother would shoot my way, run my way to Ghana. She would shoot at him or something like that. So it was a reason for her using that gun, you know, because the white, back in those days, white men would take black women down, down on the village street, down in the police department, all that stuff down there. They would, get, they would rape black women, like on black girls, young girls, you know. They would rape them like I don't know what, you know. Just damn that little but then, but like, right down like, like, like you're a piece of meat. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And then they had, uh, we had, uh, I worked, we had the fish market. We could work at the fish market. We had a clean fish, clean crab, sharp, shark oysters. We'd go on the boat. That's the kind of job we were allowed to have. We weren't allowed to have, have down, downtown Biloxi was uh, Woolworth, Crest, J.C. Penny, all those stores, Newberries, New, J.J. Newberries. They don't have them anymore. But then they had it upstairs and downstairs, and the blacks could not go upstairs to shop. They had to shop downstairs. So it would be one or something. We had to be allowed to order what we want, and then white would bring it to us, and we'd pay for it, and then we had to leave. But we were not allowed to go inside the buildings at that time. And this was in, this was in the 50s and mm -hmm. the 60s, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I got, then I, uh, after, after working, I worked in uh, Harrison Court. And I would ride it, walk, walk to work, you know, I'd walk to walk, walk to work. And I would get 50 cents an hour. And I'd work five hours, 10 hours a day to make five dollars. 10 hours a day. So on the end of the week, I got paid 20 dollars. Or 25 dollars, if we was good. Cause that day, we were niggas, you know, we was good nigga, my good nigga. We were always addressed as my good nigga or my nigga, you know. Even my, my, my Miss Shank, and she was very good to me, but I was her nigger. You know, and when she kind of pick me up, she would come and pick up her nigger. Or somebody mess with her and say, my nigger. That's what we were, you know, so. That's the way they address you. That's what they address us. But you know, the, 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 you know, the sad thing is we dress each, address each other that way these days. Yeah, we do it now, you know. But mm -hmm. then, then the school was called Biloxi Color High School. 
have my paperwork over in Georgia. I finished at Bluffton Color High School. That's what name of the school you graduated yeah. from? Because, yeah, Bluffton Color High School. Mm-hmm. And then they named uh, Mr. Uh, after the, after this integration with the, with the beach, with Lexi, they changed the name to Nichols High School. Nichols they changed the name to Nichols High School. Okay. Which, which is called, it's still called uh, Perkins and Nichols High School now. It's still, it's still called that. So, but you say that, uh, now let's get, so we want, we want to capture as much as we can about your wonderful story, your wonderful history, your growing up in Biloxi, <clears throat> and how you met your, your husband. How many children you had? I have, I got five living now. I got five. I had nine. I got you had, six, you had, I had nine children. You had nine children. But I got six living. And I had six. For, I raised six. What, what's your husband's name? Sandy Howard. Stanley, Stanley Howard, Howard Senior. Was he from uh, Biloxi too? California, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Then. And he was a uh, he was stationed at Keisha at the time I met him. In uh, Keisha Airport. Mm-hmm. Keisha Air Force Base. Air Force Base. Right? Keisha Air Force Base. Yeah, when I met him, he was a tech sergeant. Uh, what and kind I of sergeant? Tech sergeant, technical. Technology. Sergeant. So he, yeah. Okay. So when I met him, and he was like seven years older than I was. You know, my mother back in days didn't believe in young girls marrying no no old, old men, but I was a, like a like a blind date, you know, he wanted me to go on a blind date. And we went to Pontchartrain Beach in New Orleans to see Jackie Wilson. Because <laughs> I met him. <laughs> so y'all, y'all, y'all grew up with Biloxi? To New Orleans, to Pontchartrain Beach to see then. Jackie Wilson. Yeah, to see Jackie Wilson. Uh-huh. And I had to be home by 12 o'clock. And I was home at 12.05 and I got put out. So shotgun nearly put you out the put house? Put me out of the house. And the shotgun in front of waiting for me to come home, put me in her and my sisters put me out. The one here, and the one put me out, told me to come, go back. So you with him all right to go back with him. We were in New Orleans, coming back. The weather was bad. It was three girls. It was three girls and myself. They had set up a blind date for me. And their boyfriend, they all were soldiers. And we went to New Orleans. But, but anyway, I met my, my husband. I met him on a blind date. And he was real tall. So then I, my husband was a tech sergeant. And then he left me. I put him, put me out. We got the two girls, and we went to, back to the base. So I had to go stay with the two girls, Alberta and Inez, till the next day. But then if, two days later, I went back home. She let me back in. Still wouldn't let me back in. She still wouldn't let you back in. Your yeah. mom wouldn't let you back right. in. And how old were you? 19. You were 19, okay. Then I went to my husband. By him being a sergeant, my mother would go, go to the base and try to get him busted or get him in military trouble because... She said I was 19 years old, 121. But back in those days, you had to be 21 more than they are like it is now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my husband came to town, picked me up, and we went to Gutport. He was going out for dinner. He took me to the chapel, and we got married. Rather get busted, get in military, he married, we got married. So I only knew my husband like three days or four days before I married him. <laughs> so I married my husband like that. That's how your marriage. Huh? That's how. You, that's how you ended up. That's married. how I, that's how I ended up marrying. But they, you know, at Keesler, they had uh, Keesler was segregated. Also, you know, they had this would cause a lot of the problem. Keesler was segregated. Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday was for blacks. Monday, so, what do you mean? Monday, Wednesday, Saturday was for. You go to commissary BX. So then we couldn't go no. Commissary is where you go shopping. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we were allowed to go that time, and then my by my husband being a tech sergeant. Mm-hmm. He was the first black tech sergeant at Kiesler mm-hmm. base. So as he we lived, he moved in base house and we got to get in base house because he's a tech sergeant. So it was just him and I, 
and we lived moved in in there in 19 we got married August 1960 and Veronica was born Veronica born December 61 and we shipped out going to he went going to Santa Ana California my mother very much against it. She had a fit. She didn't want me to leave. So she, well, well, she didn't want to let you back in the house. But, now but she, she didn't want me to go with my husband. She, and we had a train. We had to travel by train. Then we had a train going down down the track, you know, down the railroad track. And she would try to catch the train to get me off the train because she wanted me to leave. On, we had to leave on a train, military, and they had to leave on a train. And so she couldn't stop the train. We moved to, I went to there. I was stayed gone three years. And then Morocco was born. And when we came back to Keesler, my husband, that's my husband's home base. And we came back to Keesler. Mm -hmm. And we moved back on the base. We moved to Harrison Court, and Harrison Court was it's off it down in Biloxi, down in Biloxi, but it was in the white, you know, most military families. And we had trouble with the whites on their base because they didn't want no blacks living on the base. And we they, lived in, we lived they in the They want to live on the base. They part of the military. Many wrote nigger, nigger, nigger all over the shingles. They had shingle houses out there. And they used to write nigger, nigger, nigger all over the shingles, all over the shingles. And had, we had to have security police sit outside our door and watch us, watch my house. Wow. While my husband was at, while he was at work and things like that. But they had another, another black couple moved in. Another soldier came in and he got a base house next to our house. But he was very, very light. You know, he, he looked more like white than he did black. So he moved in next door. And when his wife came, she was black, she was dark skinned. And they had a fit. They painted through Purex all over his clothes. And it's the way one was trying to be some porch when he walked on the porch and she found that they were black, he wasn't white. So then they moved us out of the base housing into down in Carter Triangle area down down on Pasch Road. They moved us to Hamall Swiss Mission Home in Pasch Road. So then they shipped my husband out again, we shipped out again. But but you had went to California, you didn't have those same Problems with the white soldiers in California. No, no. coming back to the south, but, coming but back to Mississippi. Coming back to the south. So that's what caused. That's what led up to. Well, you know, that's what led up to uh, the really what's called they caused the uh, the waiting in Biloxi. Yeah. Dr. Mason that came to town, but the blacks could not go on the beach. You know, we could not go on the beach. No town. We're not allowed to go on the beach. So no all, all that beach out there, all that water, Biloxi. We weren't allowed to go on the beach. And if you read the story no. of the beach. The uh, Camille, remember Camille? Hurricane Camille, Camille was here, Camille. It destroyed the beach. So the government refurnished the beach. They put all the white sand, they put it back. And the homes that lived across, that owned that property, could not pay the government. It's in that, it's in that statement, read it. They not, could not pay the government the millions of dollars that the government spent. So the government gave them, I think, a year to come up with the money or else the beach would be integrated. <laughs> so that's how it got to be integrated. They did not pay. The government, so the government took the beach, which is called a lot of histology now with some of the guys, some of the younger children now, they feel that that's their father, their parents' property, and they took it away from them for, for the impression of the beach, and they want, now they're trying to get it back, trying to say that that's their, they wanted to lynch him, they wanted to, they wanted to, uh, they wanted to lynch him because he slapped her, you know? He slapped a, a, a white woman? She slapped him first. She slapped him. Okay, but but you know, so but she slapped him because because she was white and he gave her, a, a young black guy gave her a ticket. For the first airman is when she first said he gave she he gave her a ticket. She slapped him. Okay, well, I want to know who was who. The soldier was black. Okay, then. and the, the base commander's wife was white. But then Butler from Philadelphia, they had a Pittsburgh coach out there.
the Pittsburgh Country newspaper was out then. Well, he came and he said, if he work on that bitch, he's a little short guy, a little short black, real, real black. He said, she come through there and turn and hit me, I'm going to slap her back. So about a week later, he was on duty, and sure enough, she came through there, and he gave her a ticket for that. And she got out, and she went to slap him, and he slapped her. So that's when they wanted to lynch him. Mm-hmm. Which caused the problem with Dr. Mason. Never went over they had it. President Kennedy, Martin King was in, in office then, you know. So that's what started this this thing with Dr. Mason saying, enough is enough. You know, it's what we, he's, he, it's the way he organized the weight in. Uh, now, now okay. who was Dr. Mason? He was, he was a doctor came in from Chicago. Okay, he, 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 lived, he, in, he, he lives in Biloxi? Yeah, but Mason, no, he came in, but he lived in, he had his office in Biloxi. Okay. But he was only allowed on in the black area. You weren't allowed to have no white patients, and you weren't allowed to go in. So he didn't say, oh, this is ridiculous, this is enough is enough. So he organized the way they walk, the, the boycott. He said, who wants to go, we got to stop, something to be done. So by me being military, I wasn't allowed to participate. But I went anyway. You went you know? anyway. I went anyway. Yeah, I went anyway down the beach, you know, down the beach. So we went down on the beach. We went down. To, we, we marched from where you got now. We got off of the main street. Oh, down where we call it Black Beach now. The Black Beach is where we stopped at when we, we first went down there. And they divided us into groups. And so this is what causes the weight in in Biloxi. Call it a weight in. The weight in. Weight in, okay. Yeah. And this is what causes the weight in in Biloxi when he did that. So. It was 125 of us marched down there, and it was nonviolent. We had no weapons, no nothing. It was nonviolent. We went to down there just to protest. The, uh, the what he said, just enough is enough. You know, a Negro can't go on the beach, and they had a USO on the Vinny Street, and just the black soldiers could come in town, go to go to the go to the USO, and the white soldiers can go down the beach, and when the white soldiers get through, they had to come back to the USO and pick the black soldiers up and take them back to the base. Cause they weren't allowed to go down with the whites. So, so this would cause all this, this, this would cause that radiant, because that, this was sort of that whole deal with Dr. Mason, he's saying enough is enough. And what year was that? 60. 1961. Where was the Black Beach located? So where, where, where is that located in Biloxi? Where? Where, where is it located in Biloxi? The Black Beach, that, it wasn't they got, they got it down by the, it's down by the casino, now they call it, they call it the Black Beach, mm-hmm. beach that they, uh, by, down there by, uh, what's the name of the casino? What do you mean, every summer I say that's what they call it, the Black Beach? Uh, I don't know. And that's where we, that's where we first went. And then we divided into groups, you know, three different groups. So I went with Mr. Galloway, which was my neighbor across the street, my mother let me go with him, because he was a seabot. He was a look at me, so we went down to the beach, and they divided us into three different sections. I think we had like like fifty in each section. So Dr. Mason had a section, Mr. Galway had a section, and 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 uh, Ram had a section. But then when we got down to where we were, we were sitting down, sitting down in the water. You know, children in the water, people in the water, everything's in the water. And when we got down, we got down there, sitting down on the beach, out there. Here come. First I, first, I noticed a bunch of police cars pulling up, you know. And I said, Mr. Galway, look at those police cars. How come there's so many police cars? And they said, they're here to protect us, you know. Pastor Guru, Wigan, Gaucher, Mossburn, everywhere, you know. I, I could see all the names of, of the cars, you know. So, after work, it just more and more and more and more and more police cars coming, you know. 
So after a while, here come a group of whites with dogs and things, you know, coming towards us down there. To just regular, regular citizens? Regular police citizens? Police officers. Police officers, okay. Yeah, police officers. Mm -hmm. Some of them in civilian clothes, some of them in uniform. And so the guy came to us, and then Mr. Trahan owned the black, owned the store in the black neighborhood. And every business of black he had was black people bought from him. You know, he allowed them credit that he had, he had done for them. We had raised his children. We came up with his children. His children went to school with our kids mm -hmm. in that neighborhood. You know, we're not going to school with, but there was in that corner store. But he was down there. So when he, when the, when the guy was down where we were, the guy came, he says, who's in charge of the group? So Mr. Galloway said, I am. So he says, well, we may already put you niggas off the beach. Are y'all going to go with him or are you going to go voluntarily? So Galloway said, we're not leaving. I said, oh, yes, we are, Mr. Galloway. He said, sit down, Stuart. You're not going. We're not going nowhere. So the guy said, if you don't go, we'll put you off the beach. So they had a lady named Miss Katie. She's a really big, big, big woman. And they had those brass knuckles, you know, those brass chains that the white people they had whipping them. Whipping them. They were just turning them and hitting them, knocking, them, knocking people down. That's mm. how I got my teeth. That's how I got my teeth broken. Knocking out. They broke all my teeth. So they, mm -hmm. they, you got your teeth broken? Wow. Broken off, but the government, the government fixed them. You know, they fixed my teeth. They gave me a set of dentures. They pulled them. They gave me all the treatment. I was treated by the government for, for this. Mm. But then, we waited out. We, we had, we had, he said, we're going we gonna to put you off the beach. But when the lady grabbed the, grabbed the chain, the mask fell off of one of the guys, and the mask was Mr. Trahan. The, the, the guy that down and had the store on the corner. For the Negro, they bought all their life from. You know, only person they knew was Mr. Trahan. You could show it. So he was the main one leading, leading uh, the war guys, beating the Negroes off the beach. The one you thought y'all, who's y'all friend? Yeah. Who Y'all spent yeah. all y'all money with him? All the years and years and years and years. You raised his children. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So so after then, we went to, uh, that's when they came back. And then the guy came and said, well, ma'am. We're not going to beat the ladies. Get up. And they helped us up, me up. My wallet, lost my wallet. And they said, you all go. We're not going to beat the women. We're beating the men. And the children was in the water. They were still, they were fighting the kids. They were trying to drown the kids. And then at the main lead, the kids along, the kids got out. The kids started running. So I ran from down there by the White House all the way to my mother's house. Bloody is on her work because I was bloody when it hit me. I had ran all the way home. Where my mom was. I didn't know what was happening. Everything was happening. I ran. All we, all of us ran. We ran. Just got about ran, ran, ran. So when you got down to the thing, they would let no blacks come in the hospital. They wanted to treat nobody. Everybody was hurt. Could not be treated. Hmm. They locked the doors to the hospital. They locked the doors to everything. So they would not let us go. So Dr. Mason, Dr. Dunn, Dr. Kyle's, about five black doctors from all around the area came together. And on down next to street where we live now, where my mother's home is now, they put tables in the middle of the street with sheets and made hospital beds. And that's where they treated all the wounded people that mm. was hurt that they could treat. They didn't die. A lot of them died. Some people died? Yeah, a lot of them died. Mr. Galway died from the beating. He so they, died. They, he beat, died. they beat, beat people uh, that bad. Yeah. See my, see my, see my dog bite? And they, 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 sit, they stick the dogs on y'all too. Yeah, see my see the dog bite on my legs? But the dog bit me, look. There's a dog bite here. Wow. There's a dog bite here. See that? And the dog bite, I had a dog bite on my leg from, from the dog because they bit us back in, back in those days, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I ran home, got home, and, 
And that's when my mother got the shotgun again. You know, with the white people was coming in the neighborhood, trying to stop them from, from taking care of people, you know. They tried to interrupt the hospital business and then they had. So my mother got underneath the car on the ground with her shotgun. Every car came through there, why she shut the tires out. <laughs> she did, she shut the tires out. And it broke out. If you look at that ball field on this street, you had baseball field inside there. I don't there. know what that did over there, okay. Oh, you don't know it. Well, anyway, they jumped out and ran across the field over there, and my mother was still shooting at them. <laughs> they they call a shotgun yelling. She shot a couple of men like this, but she shot that's when George Wallace had that, that uh, thing in Alabama. Yeah. And that's when President Kennedy and Mother and them all came down. And so they closed up the base. They put all military families on the base. All the soldiers sent them to Alabama, to the, to the base of Alabama. So we had to move on base because uh, we were military dependents. Because the beach was right next to the base? No. Well, the, beach, the beach is where it is now. Okay. The beach was where it is now. But anyway, we, they went to... They integrated, they kept segregating them. Everything went, everything was shut down. No stores open, nothing open. Because they was uh, going through the thing with, with the guy that was being lynched. His mother came down from Philadelphia. It's a long story, you know, his mother came down from, from Pittsburgh. Oh, you're talking about uh, Emmett Till? Emmett No, I'm talking about the soldier that sapped that guy on the base. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. His mother came out military, you know. I'm still dealing with military because most of my life was military, you know. Mm -hmm. So then I left, we left again. They shipped us out, shipped my husband, all the blacks, they shipped us out. So then my husband went to Turkey, and then that's when we went to Turkey, my husband. And then we got over there, and it's an academic, so we had to come back. The family had to come back, so we had to come back to the United States. And so I turned around, came back to the United States. I only had one child then, Veronica. Then, in '63, they had a hearing. If you read the read the read the thing, you see the hearing. And then that's when they voted about. They had a judge. Well, when I had to come back, they testified. They sent me back. I had to go back, and I had to be I had to be escorted back under a secret protection to testify because mm -hmm. I was a main witness. And right now, I'm still the main witness that testified. That they said he, the cause of the Wendy case was my testimony with the police and all the pictures I had taken with the police cars and things and all the things I could describe. My testimony solved the kept solved the case, you know, solved the case. So they call me a star witness now. If you go down, if you go down to the go to Jackson and then you see they say I'm a star witness. I have mm. a civil right medal. Back there gave me a civil right medal. Mm. I'm a civil right veteran medal veteran back there. But then that was it, for as I know, that was it, you know, and I left, I had come back and testified, I came back and testified, and I left, we left, I had to go back to my husband, that's when I had my son, Stanley, he was born in 63, that's when I had to go back and we had to come testify, but until, after then, I didn't come back to Mississippi at all, until 87, something, my mother died, I came back to Mississippi, but then I didn't come back anymore to then, until two years ago, three years ago, I came back down south. Mm -hmm. We were stationed in Texas, Arizona, different places, but we never were stationed back down south anymore. Mm -hmm. So then my husband retired in 78. He went to California 
and I came to. I say in Texas, because we were stationed in Texas and being retired. I was working for the uh, Justice Department. Uh, I was working for the uh, Texas Department of Correction in, uh, in Austin. So I stayed there and continued my job there. So they closed the base in uh, Austin. And then I didn't have to come back anymore. Mm. Down into now. But then recently, when I went to my brother's funeral in Gulfport, about two and a half years ago, three years ago, this guy, Mr. Jemison, the president of the NAC, organized this thing. He said, Stuart, we've been trying to find you. Where you been? We've been looking for you for years and years and years. And we may have a ceremony. Every year they have a ceremony. What kind of ceremony? You know, where they, they give us, they give us a, you know, that weight in. So they have a weight in ceremony every at year. Down, at, 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 at the, the beach. At, at the Coliseum. And, and, and they call it, but at the time they didn't call it the Black Beach. No, they just started calling it Black Beach, I think, last year. When when they started calling it Black Beach? Last year. They said when summer, when a summer, spring break. They said kids going out for spring break. Oh, children started yeah, calling it. Yeah, spring break. So no, then, then they named it, they called it Black Beach because that's where we were, where we first yeah, marched from downtown to the beach. Downtown Biloxi to the beach. Yeah. Is there a commemorative? So, there a commemorative? there's a plaque up there. There's a commemorative plaque put up there. It's in, it's in, a, it's in Jackson. But they have a Jackson. They have, Jackson, Jackson Museum. Yeah. But there's there's none there's no marker on the yeah, beach. Mark, on the it, beach. There should be. Uh, the night should be up there next week or two. There's one eighteen. They probably mark away making a, the whole the White House. You know, be tall White House on the beach. But we don't know nothing about we don't know nothing about no, none of us live well, in Jackson. Anyway, the lighthouse. You go to the black is a big the big tall lighthouse. You seen the big tall oh, lighthouse. lighthouse. Well all our names are going on there. All all hundred twenty five people name is going to go. They put it on there now. Oh. But the one they're doing now, if you look at that picture, Norman, it's, it's, look over there, you see a tap, you see it? You see a plastic bag. But anyway, if you look, if you go over there, they have, when we was in the beach, we were walking on the beach, we were in the water, they have that picture on the wall inside the museum in, in Biloxi. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, in fact, I'm the fourth one in line. We see when we were walking, walking, we were walking us off the beach, I was the fourth one in line mm -hmm. on, that, on, that, on that boycott, we were boycotting it. So, yeah. Oh, you, you had only a uh, two-piece bathing suit? I have my bathing suit. Yes, I have my bathing suit, my towel, and my ball. <laughs> I sure did. I have my bathing suit. They're going to the beach. I had big legs. I thought I was pretty. Then I had big legs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got a beach suit. Showing them legs. Showing my legs. Yes. Oh, you thought you were fine, huh? Right. That's what that's my husband like, you know, because I was a, a drum major, and he always thought my legs were so big when he would see the band marching down the street. That's how he first spotted me, he said. <laughs> But uh, I went down to the, I went down down there and, and he almost got in trouble behind it because I wasn't supposed to participate, but being military dependent, but I did. Mm. But I came back and then until I came to Biloxi, my brother's funeral, three years ago. Someone discovered me. He said, sir, where you been? We've been trying to find you for years and years and years. We've been getting honored and celebrated. We never find you to give you the honor you had. Mm. So then, but to me, I forgot about it. You know, it wasn't no big thing no more, you know. It happened back in 63. This is 19. This was 19. This was 2002, 2004. Mm -hmm. So he really had never done on me that they were doing anything about it or anything have happened concerning the the beach. But then when he gave me, when I went to the first program I went to, it's a wedding in 2017. That's when they first, I first heard about it. And then it recognized me then, and that recognized it then. 17, 18, 19, and 2000, because of the academic, it stopped. 
Making sure again this this year I think they sort it back. So because of COVID they stopped. Yeah, they stopped. No, but they're gonna sort it back. How, but Dr. Mason. The doctor, Doctor, what was Doctor Mason's first name? Gilbert. Gilbert Mason. He has a book, Blood Beach Barrel. Hmm. Blood Beach the Barrel. That's his son wrote the book. No, he wrote that book before like, he died. Oh, he wrote that okay. Beach Blood Barrel. Doctor Mason wrote that book. Hmm. But his son was just born. When he, Doctor Mason delivered all my mother's children. You know, he delivered most of my, my sisters and all my other blood. He delivered them. But Doctor Mason was born. In sixty-two, no, 60 no not sixty. Or, yeah. or the, the, the son. son. Okay. And we used to babysit him. My mother was my mother had daycare, and she would keep. But now he came. He know everything. He's paralyzed, and he's really having trouble now because he think he know everything happened because he go about what the, the book says. Daddy, but, yeah, but, but he but he wasn't he wasn't an eyewitness. He wasn't an eyewitness none of it. Uh, he, how, he, can't, he can't tell you how the how the. Um, he can't tell you how, how we had the how we had outside toilets, you know, and how we would go to the to the bathroom. We had to use newspaper and brown bags and things, you know. <laughs> we had all that stuff right there on the business street, right there where Dr. Mason went where he got the uh, the cafe school at. It was the cafe school and then that's but then we have outside toilets and we never had inside toilets. All the public restroom and everything was outside toilet for blacks. So okay. like I say until now, until then it never crossed my mind about them doing anything about it. But then after I read the, the paper saying that because of this, <coughs> they call it integration. You know, call it integration. It caused, uh, it, it improved. So many things happened because of this. So many, so many positive things happened. Yeah, happened. Yes, yeah, so it's written down. It's written down. Uh, you read, go put a weight in, but you'll see it. But uh, I had three interviews. I've been interviewed several times from California and Chicago and and Biloxi, I have an interview on, on TV. If you go to wait in, you now, see that. Now, how many people from that area uh, <coughs> of the 60s are still alive? Last time, we, last time we went in 2019, it was 62. But that's in 2019, so I don't know how many now. But Jimson knows. Now, Jimson, was the, he was he was part of it too back then? Yeah, he didn't want to help. No, he helped organize it. He didn't want to. No, I'm saying, but he was, he was, he was, was he on the beach back then too? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, he was on the beach. He was down. He had a group. He was he was in charge of a group. You know, a group of God. You know how he separated mm -hmm. so many. And he had a group that he was in charge of too. But uh, yeah, he's very. He is really good. You need to talk to him. He's ready to tell you more about it because I haven't been keeping up with it mm -hmm. until now. I started keeping up with it since since two thousand, what seventeen, eighteen, like that. When I, they found out where I was, I started keeping up with it. What's going on? So I didn't have no idea they were recognizing. And they, the and they also got a, something in the. In Jacksonville, in yeah, the, in, in the at Jackson, the museum, 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 they had the waiting, they had the waiting, the whole picture, you know, painted down the beach, the beach, the water, mm -hmm. everything's on the wall at the museum, and then the, um, all the people's pictures are on the wall. There about all hundred twenty-five pictures. Is it state? Uh, is on the wall state Jackson, museum? Is, is Jackson, Jackson State Museum? Jackson Negro Museum. Yeah, you know. I have to look. You never been there? Uh, no, nah, nah, I don't remember no Jackson Negro Museum. Yeah, it's, it's a Jackson Negro Museum. Yeah, so we went. We had, we have a bus tour. Go. We went on a bus tour there, hmm. and that's when I discovered and gave me my medal as a senior, as a veteran. Veteran. Yeah. Until, until now, and I can say on the 18th of December, 18th of January, they're gonna dedicate. They make the mural, 
On Nixon's on Main Street, around right the corner, Main Street in Biloxi. On January, on January the 18th. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put a mirror. They're putting a mirror. They're gonna, they're going to dedicate the mirror to the city of Biloxi on the 18th. And he asking us to be there for that then. So I'll probably go for that. So you t but you telling me that back then the furthest you all could travel was across the track. To the track. To the track. the track. Yeah. You couldn't cross the track. No, we can have, we never so, went allowed to cross the track. So you go across that track, that was you a You got whipped. You really got killed or whipped. And you couldn't go to the beach where in other words that y'all were gonna dirt up the whole ocean. Yeah, we couldn't go to the beach. Nobody <laughs> only, only time we go to the beach was to throw a, the fish nets and our fish front boats. And for the seafood market that we worked for, only time we could go down to the beach was that night to throw the net to catch your fish and crab and bring them back. Hmm. And most of the men did that, and women who they go and empty the, the uh, nets. So y'all go for, to work you know, for yourself? That's, that's, that was the most common job back in the day mm -hmm. for seafood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a job. You wouldn't just go and throw nets for yourself. No, that was a job. That was the job. And made work for a hotel. And the shank, then go at the shank motel. I met her, talked to her son the other day. And uh, she's not living anymore. But the the boy that I raised the Raul raised her with, he recognized me. He has a son now, his son. He's he oh he my father in my age now Frankie is. But we used to feed us, we used to eat. I used to go work for Miss Shank. And we would eat. We couldn't I could never go in the house and eat. I had to sit outside and eat. And we all had banana sandwiches, banana peanut butter sandwiches. Oh uh, tomato sandwiches. Yes, have all we were and strawberry sodas. That's why it said strawberry sodas and watermelon stuff is, is uh, Negro because that's what they fed us back in them days was watermelon, strawberry sodas, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and banana sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Those are main. That's what they feed us. Like, you know, like you, like you go go order some meat. That's what you had to order. You know, you couldn't order hamburgers and French fries like everybody else. You had to order. I mean, they give you peanut butter and jelly or whatever you want. You got that. Got that to go with. Mm. So you told me you went to you went to to buy something. And they only can see you. Go to the back door. You had to go to the back door, and and they they'll tell you what they got. So they figured most Negroes couldn't read anyway, so they tell you what you can order, and you ask which one you want, and you tell them what you want, and when you pay for it, and you bring it to the door. Could, you, could you read at that time? Oh yeah, I could read. I had finished school. I had finished high school. Mm -hmm. When they tell people how things were back in them days, they they don't believe it. You know, I tell people about how how blessed they are, how lucky they are. You know how how we just had to take ice on the front porch and put it in the refrigerator. I mean, sit it outside. And you know, chip it. Yeah, yeah, put, 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 yeah, put it in the ice box. Yeah, put the ice box. And the refrigerator had an ice box. We had an ice box for real. Well, and we had the wooden stove, that little wooden stove right there. My little wooden stove sitting over there. And you still got one? Yeah, I got it. Let's see, my sister never got it. Now they use it every day in the country. They use one in the country. Iron, the old iron. We used to use irons. We used to do all that back in the day. And we had iron white folks clothes. We had iron, I did iron uniform for the soldiers with them uh, hot irons or black iron. Hmm. When they had to, I had to do that part of my living, part of our living, but I know uniform, we kept the uniforms. We had to iron them as, as part of your, and they had 25 cents in all. I got to ask this question. <coughs> what about the schools that you all did? Were the schools desegregated before the protests that? or afterwards? Actually, the school, the school, were the schools de desegregated? Before the, the protests or oh, afterwards? No, no, afterwards. It came after. Nothing was nothing was engaged after. So every so this was everything the impetus that everything, everything came after, after all the desegregation. Wars, everything happened after after this. After after the government ruled in sixty three, mm. everything got segregated. Okay, when when but Mega Evans was killed around that same time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see I had left the area because my husband, you know, I left because I got I guess I I got married at sixty and I had left the area. 
And a lot of things happened to my mother. Did a lot of, they did a lot of things happen. I don't know if you can see. My sisters and brothers, the 13 of us, and I left home. I think my, I have uh, eight brothers, eight sisters and brothers. That I, never, I wasn't never around because I was gone after, you know, after my mother, after my father died. And I left with my husband. I, I don't know how I know my sisters and brothers, most of them, you know, because I left with my husband. And I never came back. My husband hated the South. And he never would come back down south. So we stayed different places, you know, we didn't come back. But my son was going to school in uh, Fulmo High School down, down on Petro Military School because he was military. He went and he got a bike for Christmas. And that's why my son is Sarah Bridges is right now. The white man took his bike. They told him no nigga had no bike. No nigga had no new bikes. Why do you drive this bike? And he took my son's bike. Mm -hmm. My son hates the whites today because they took his bike. Because he's not allowed to have a bike because he was black. He um, wasn't allowed to have, he's not allowed, black kids weren't allowed to have. How old was he? He was about seven, eight. And somebody just took his bike. Took his bike and made him walk, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, then, he and then my mother, right on the corner, it's the street now, where they build this, where they put this mirror at tomorrow, not tomorrow, I mean, 18th. They are, uh, she was in labor. And she walked to the corner to get a cab. Her cab was allowed to come in the, in the, in the street. And when she got in the cab, this white lady was flying down a cab. And it made my mother get out of the cab and let this white lady get her cab. And she had went in the label. And that's when Dr. Mason was in town. And then he delivered the baby on the corner because she had to get out of the cab and let the white lady get in the cab. So your mm -hmm. mama had a baby on the corner? Yeah. But that's how things happen back in those days, you know. People, people talking about uh, history back, back in, the, back in our grandmother. It's history right here in Biloxi, you know, right here now. Mm -hmm. There was history back in fifty nine, sixty, sixty one, sixty two. That's history, you know, and some of it is I mean, still going on. Some of it's still going on. I mean, but <laughs> I think I think the, I mean I think I think the people should be made more aware. But that, that's uh, what that's why uh, we're here because we want you to make them aware. Yeah. About the weighed-in in Biloxi, Mississippi, well, weighed 19, in Biloxi, Mississippi 59, 60. 659 to 63. With Dr. With Dr. Gilbert, Mason. Gilbert Mason, Jr. Yeah. Uh, who led the march. Right. Pat that pat me bag over there. It's a, a zip-back bag over on the table. I think it's in a zip-back bag. It's some pictures of that set. But you know, you know about Mason? You know about Mason? Yeah, I, I remember what you told me about Dr. Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go over there. Remember the weight in, this is some write about it, the weight in, tell you about. See how the, how the police cars and things were, how they, how they went on the beach? And so so these, these how the children was playing that day? That's when we were down the beach, yeah. yeah so they, everybody was out, how long y'all was out there before, before they came and ran y'all off about the beach? About 30 minutes an hour. So they didn't give y'all much time. Let me show you, let me see my school. It looks like Colored High School. That's what we call, we call it Colored, colored School, Colored Kids, Colored People. On my dad, Richard, on my birthday, I got my father's a color man. My mother's a color woman. But that's the school, that's a reunion they have. But it's in my school, but it's a color high school. Let me show you my picture of me on the wall, on the beach. Give me, give me show you me out there. Oh, okay, the big old leg. Where the other one? <laughs> this is, this is the kids running. This one, this one, they were beating us and they were running for the dogs. This one, they running from the dogs on this one. We got to go out to the museum and see. We had 2017. That's Dr. Mason right there, and Dr. Dunn. That's when they took him to jail. Okay, off the I beach. See that right. uh -huh. I see that. And this is Dr. Mason. 
And that's Dr. Don. Those are two. Dr. Who? Don and Don Floyd. John? Don, D U N E N. D U N E. And those, are, those two helped take care of the people and they got hurt. Those two came together, civil rights. They're heroes. But that's Dr. Peter Dunn and Dr. Gibbon Mason. They didn't want to initiate the all of it. But this was it. And this is the, this is the people that was involved. See my name on it? That's a list of people that was involved. Look for S. Go to S on the shooting. Yeah, I see. I see the Laura Stewart Sheely. That's right. Just, they forgot Yvonne. That's all. And then this was 2018 when they had the uh, another hearing night. I didn't go to. Oh, I got. We read it. If you read it, it's a good thing. Now, now you, you said you you also had to give a. You had to testify. In, yeah, it testified. In 1963. Yeah, but all had to testify. In the federal court. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was on the uh, Special guard. And they still want me to be careful about people, you know, who I, who I uh, talk to and meet with sometimes because, like I said, some of the people, some of the kids are the, are the parents that own their beach, still feel that that's their, that's their parents' property and the government had no right taking it from them under that. Under but, that. but it's not their property. They took it from the, the, they said the Biloxi Indians. It only took it from the white folks. The white no, folks no, no, that's what I'm saying. The, oh. the, the, before that, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> 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 they don't want to hear that. So I'm saying, how you going to claim something you know, that you took from somebody? Well, if you read, if you read uh, go back and read all of it. Uh, and it'll tell you about the Indians and tell you all about it if you go back and read the whole story on it. It's on, it's on the line on the way to Biloxi. Go back mm -hmm. and read all of it. You see it. And it'll tell you 1963 what happened, 1965, 66. It'll tell you how it went to court, all that stuff. They'll tell you all about that. So, but they brought you back to go testify, and after yeah. you testified, you left. I hold that, but I don't make out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had something. If I didn't come back, when he came back, <laughs> but I came back. I only kept my reason I came back now because of uh, Umar. Mm. Wife died at childbirth, and I came home, came down here, came to Louisiana, helping with her. Uh -huh. Other than that, I would have never came back. We also have here today is Ms. Ruthie Lee Millsap. We have two sisters here. Sister Dolores and Sister Ruthie. Y'all grew up together, but you're a year older, huh, Ms. Ruthie? Yes, I'm old, about two years. Two years older? When is your birthday? April 29, 1939. 1939. Right. Well, been, so you've been on this earth for quite a while, too. And, and t tell us, you have the most powerful story. That, how many children do you have? I was a mother of 15. I have 11 living. You have, you have 15 children. And your children have? Uh, when I was 80 years old, they said I had approximately 166 grand and great grand. 166? Uh-huh. So, so I, I have no idea. I've had triplets and everything else since that time. So you got triplets in your family? And twins. and. So you, well, what side that come from? The, the dad's side or your side? The good side. The good side. Okay, okay then. <laughs> now, but also, you want, I want to hear your side of the story about the, on the beach. What did they call it? On the Biloxi Beach? What did y'all call it back then? Oh, we called it the beach. The beach, right? Uh -huh. And now they call it the Black Beach. The Black Beach. All right. So, the beach. At that time, we were not allowed to go on that beach. I think, uh, you could go on the beach to work and get off of that beach. You weren't allowed to go on the beach at all. If you wasn't at working, you had no right to go on the beach. You couldn't even go around the beach unless, unless you was working for the working, working for the man. Huh? Right. So now in 1960 or 59, what, what happened then? Around about 59, I got uh, uh, Dr. Mason, Gilbert R. Mason, delivered my children. And I got to know him through delivering my children, and he was the president of the NACP at the time. 
and I got involved with him through the NAACP. And we had several meetings about different issues, about different things in the city. And we decided, the one meeting decided that it was time that we needed to integrate the beach. So the discussion was that we were going to go to the beach to integrate. And as we met at this store, Claude Trahan Grocery was a neighborhood grocery store where all black people met. He was a white man. And you know, you go down there, run your mouth, tell your business. So they ran their mouth, telling that we were going to the beach. So y'all told y'all told the man. You didn't tell him. You didn't tell him, but he heard the conversation. He heard the conversation, and he went back to the white folks. To his people. To his people. To inform them that that we were going to boycott the beach. So on the day that we supposed to have gone to the beach, Doctor Dr. Mason organized the people to go. My mother, three other ladies supposed to have gone with them, but Doctor Mason stressed nonviolence. Nobody carrying no weapons, nobody carrying no guns. And my mother said, not so. <laughs> not nonviolent. Now, who's your brother? Nellie May Stewart. So it's Shotgun Nellie. Shotgun Nellie. <laughs> time I was in 1960, I was pregnant with my daughter, Fabian. They just turned, what, 60? She just turned 60. So I was, I was like a child under these elder women. They would be like I am now to a younger person. Right. So I was a guinea pig. So when we decided to go to the beach, we all equipped for weapons. Oh, yeah, oh, so, so, so your although Dr. Dr. Uh, Mason said no weapons, not violence. Your mama said, and we didn't go with him. Your mama said, I can't go with you then. Went down Nissa Street when they marched down Main, going to the beach. So y'all went another direction. We went another direction. So by the time we got to the beach, from where we were, we could see the highway patrol lining up on the side where the residents stayed line up on the side where the residents stayed. And the closer we walked to get to where they were going in the water to swim, the more we saw the highway patrol telling the white folk to come across that highway. So by the time the black folks got in that water to swim, the white folks come across that beach at the direction of the highway patrol, but they were all lined up and start, the, the white folks start beating the black folks. But the black folks excelled and with them. But we turned and went, went back. My mom said, either we go down there shooting or we go back. <laughs> we, we turned around and went back. Your yeah, mom said, you going to shoot it, huh? Anybody going to be hitting on her? So by us going back, the next day the word got back to us that Claude Trahan, who owned the grocery store, was one of the white men, mass fell off, that, that was in the fighting of, the, of our people. So that made my mother say, well, we need to put this man out of our neighborhood. So your mama said that? Yeah, so she, we formed, she formed three other ladies with me to boycott the store. So we got seats. Where his store was on the corner across the street was a filling station owned by a white man. To the left across the street was Dr. Gilbert Mason's office. Oh, right in the same area? Yes, oh, it's a, a four each stop. Then on the left-hand side, this side was a, a McDonald's funeral home. So we got us a chair and sit in chairs in front of the filling station at the white man's place. He allowed us to sit there. And we told nobody don't go in the store. We didn't allow nobody to go in the store. You're not allowed to go in the store. So after about three or four days, the police came and told us it was illegal for us to tell anybody to go in the store. So they say, no, so he's going out of business. So they used me. If you came down the street to go in the store, then I walked across the street to where you was and I met you. And I ran into you. <laughs> and you said, Don't you, baby, what you gonna do? I said, So I started hollering and screaming. 
and what you high school about? And here come the other ladies with their baseball bats and stuff, and they beat you up. And when the police come and say, you can't tell them not to go in the store. They said, we didn't tell him not to go in the store. This is a young lady, and he put his hand on this young lady, and she married his friend. <laughs> okay, but you got the message. After about a week, <coughs> Claude Trahan went to Dr. Mason across the street and asked him, please call them off. I'm losing my business. Won't nobody come into business. He said, call them off. Dr. Mason said, if you knew when you started this, you, should, you would have to finish it, and I can't tell them nothing. And he did not say anything to us, and we did not hear nobody. We stayed day and night, me being pregnant, my husband worked for the government. So he would come and pull me off the corner. And every time he pulled me off the corner, go back to work, I went right back on that corner. We stayed out there all day and all night. So after about three weeks or so, I, I'm a, I, the, this group of people came down. I won't name who I thought they were, but they threw a bomb. We were sitting in chairs out there in front of the store, and they, they bombed the place. They, bu they bombed the true hat, true hat, where y'all were sitting at. Yeah, they bombed where we were sitting. But we managed to get out the way and not get hurt. The filling station got damaged. But Jet Magazine came down and took pictures of us. But we boycotted that, but we were bombed at. And I was, I was in that Jet Magazine. 1960. June 1960. We haven't been able to find that book to the day. I've searched everywhere with every resource I can, but I can't find that book. But, but I was informed that the book was discarded because they didn't want them to know that part. But Trahan would come out there and tell them we would just leave him alone. He's sorry he did what he did. We told him that wasn't good enough. It was too late. We were not satisfied until we, we, we did not move until he went out of business. He lost his mind, lost his wife, lost his family, he lost everything. And then we, we moved off that corner. And he lost his mind. You know, at that, at that time, white businesses were very large in the black community. They made their living. And another white man was up on the other corner. I think his name was Mr. Howard, but I'm not sure. He tried to tell him, you can't do that. We're making our living off these people. But being the type of man he was, he decided he could do us any kind of way and get our business too. And we said no. Yeah, but you figure y'all in store talking about what y'all getting ready to do. He gonna go let his people know yeah, that y'all yeah. coming. Yeah, and, and he informed them because they would not have known. Not only did he inform them, he was a part of the whole, of the whole, whole, whole deal. Yeah, he was out there with the people. Right. And, we, and we were not satisfied until he was totally out of business. But people still should be made aware. Children now and people they should may be aware of. They don't know how lucky they are, you know, to be able to work as a secretary and work in an office and things they think. Because back in our day, back in the day, you could do the bacon fish, you know, go on a boat, get boat, clean houses, clean but, hotel. But, but most people feel <clears throat> that they they have just as much right than anybody else to work wherever they choose, particularly if they go to go get a degree, go get a, go to college. They figure, well, why do I have to work on a boat or cleaning fish if I'm qualified to do more? Well, so that's better because now it is, but back in the day it wasn't that way. It's the nicer you want to be. They just treat you just nice, go to the and things, treat you really nice. You go to school, in a great school and everything, but they, you live on your side of town, I live on my side of town, you know, it's almost the same thing happening mm -hmm. now. You're just not, you know, obviously they're killing you and beating you, you know, because I say people, people recognize that this is the way it is. Right. And that's what they accepted that way, you know, it's people accepted that way. Well, Miss Dolores, Yvonne, 
Stuart Sheely. Yes. We thank you for your time. We thank you for uh, thank being you. part of Countdown. We thank you for sharing your story, your life, your history. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.